Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Remember what Christmas was like when you were a kid? I recognize that for some of us, the holidays hold some hard memories, but I think for a lot of us, Christmas was almost magical. I know when I was younger, my family would always attend Christmas Eve services at church, and then we would head back to our house for our family celebration. And Christmas Eve was my absolute favorite. We ate a huge meal together featuring Cornish game hens, which, as far as I was concerned, was just a fancy way of saying small chickens. Now, I know what you're thinking, really. Cornish game hens? Wow, I didn't realize Ted had such a difficult childhood. He couldn't even get regular-sized chickens. But then we would change into our PJs for the big show, presents. I remember how hard it was to sit patiently and to pretend to be an adult at dinner. But whenever mom gave the official signal that dinner was over, it was like the starter's pistol was fired and I would make an absolute all-out sprint to the basement to change. Not a second could be wasted as the anticipation, the excitement, the wonder, and the fun was, was literally boiling over at this point. Now, as I look back over the years, I can see a bit of a progression that has taken place in, in how I experienced the Christmas season. When I was a kid, Christmas, well, it was about me. The focus was my gifts, my performances, my experiences, my fun. And then I got a little older and Christmas was about us. Togetherness becomes a key part of the experience. And maybe it's because you found that special someone or because you've moved away from home. So coming back and being together is a bigger deal. But then at some point, Christmas is about them. And them can be a lot of different people. And you're more focused on creating experiences than having experiences. It's because you've had kids or grandkids, or maybe it's nieces or nephews, or maybe you're not in that season of life yet, but you just love playing the role of host at Christmas. As I've gone through this progression, there have been a lot of increases year over year for me. I mean, there's more Christmas decorations. My wife, Melissa, and I have a yearly negotiation on how many decorations someone actually needs in one house. There's more gifts to buy. There's more charges on the credit card bill. There's more Christmas cards to send. There's more food to prepare. There's more events to attend. But if I'm honest, there's really only one thing that doesn't seem to increase for me year over year. And that is wonder. Wonder. Which is not to say that I don't love the Christmas season or that these traditions don't matter to me or that I don't love the experiences that I share with people. It's just that the older I get, a lot of that seems to fall more into the category of like tradition or nostalgia. I mean, let's be honest. It's not all as wonderful as it once was. When I was a kid, I mean, a live nativity, it was incredible. As an adult, I wonder how hard it is to recruit volunteers to scoop the animal poop. (laughs) As a child, I mean, I was blown away by regular home Christmas light displays. As an adult, There needs to be like a million lights synced up to music and that animatronic elf, it better bring me a hot chocolate. And that's not to say that I've grown jaded to this season. I still absolutely love Christmas, but I'm just not sure it gives me the same sense of wonder. I'm just so familiar with the story. I'm so familiar with the songs. I'm familiar with the experiences. And and maybe that's not just me. Maybe that's you too. But what if we could go back? 
What if we could go back and see this incredible story with fresh, even, even a new perspective? What if we could rediscover the wonder? If you're willing to take a closer look at all the familiar, then we just might discover that pretty much everything about the Christmas story is a wonder. After all, we're celebrating the moment when the God of the universe broke through into time and space to become one of us. And think about it. How he came was, was so unimaginable. He came in the most helpless and, and unassuming way possible as a newborn baby, not born into royalty, but into poverty. His parents experienced homelessness, lived as immigrants on the run from an evil and a violent king. And yet this child was God, God coming into our world, or as one translation reads, God moved in to the neighborhood. Writing about 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah actually describes this coming king. Let's read this verse out loud together. Ready? You can go ahead. It should be up on your screens here. and Just go ahead and read along with me. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In this passage, Isaiah gives four descriptive names for Jesus the God who moved in to the neighborhood. He is our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting father, and our prince of peace. Each week in this series, we're going to look at one of these names and what it tells us about who Jesus is and how that particular name can bring tremendous significance, even wonder, to our lives. Today, we're going to look at Jesus, the wonderful counselor. Now, I've had the opportunity to teach on this passage a handful of times in the past, but every time I've taught about the name of Jesus as wonderful counselor, I've always focused on the counselor part. I've talked about how fortunate we are to have the most knowledgeable and relationally savvy counselor in the universe in our corner at all times. And while all of that is, is absolutely true, Today, we're going to focus more on the wonderful part. What does it mean that Jesus is wonderful? The Hebrew word that's translated as wonderful here in Isaiah 9 is the word Pele. Not the soccer player, but the Hebrew word. And even though in English it comes across like an adjective describing the kind of counselor Jesus is, in Hebrew it's actually a noun. So it's not that Jesus is a wonderful kind of counselor. It's saying that Jesus is a wonder. This word, Pele, it means extraordinary, hard to understand, and astounding in such a way that it, that it causes a feeling or an attitude of intense amazement. That is who Jesus is. So Isaiah isn't merely saying that the Messiah is wonderful. He's saying that the child who is born to us is a wonder. Now, here's why this distinction is so important. Wonder is different than curiosity. Wonder is different than surprise. You see, knowledge can extinguish curiosity. Familiarity, it can quench surprise. Wonder, however, wonder seems to grow and actually deepen the more we fully seek to know and understand. True wonder has depth. 
it creates in us an attitude of humility as we're overwhelmed by a sense of greatness. For example, if you've lived in the Chicago land for a good amount of time as I have, you might take some of the sights and sounds of the city for granted. It can all kind of just blend together and become normal. But if you've ever flown into our great city, there are these few incredible moments when your plane is making its final descent. It's just a few moments where you can see the vastness of Lake Michigan run directly into the skyline and the amazing architecture of Chicago. And it's like the, the whole plane arches their neck to try to get a glimpse at the view. Have you ever had the privilege of taking in that scene? Maybe you've even snapped a picture of it. Why is it that we're all so drawn to and struck by something that we're so familiar with in that moment? Researchers call this the overview effect. It's the feeling you get when you look at something, even something that you're familiar with, but you see it in its entirety. In those moments, you experience something deeper than curiosity or surprise. You, you feel something else. You feel awe. You feel amazement. You feel wonder. You see, 2,000 years ago, wonder broke into our world and they called him Jesus. The truth is that everything about Jesus led people to wonder. Everything about him was unique and different and amazing. Everywhere Jesus went, he, he dropped the mic and crowds dropped their jaws. His words, they invoked wonder. In the book of Matthew, chapters 5 through 7, we find one of Jesus' talks, and it's sometimes referred to as the greatest sermon ever preached, well, because it was. <laughs> and Jesus said things like, you have heard it said that, do not murder, but I tell you, do not be angry with your brother or sister. And he said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies, but I tell you, love your enemies. And the people who Jesus was speaking to were completely blown away. It wasn't just that he was a good communicator or that his words were profound, though both of these things were certainly true. It went much deeper than that. It was how he taught. Let me paint a picture for you. Think about the Supreme Court. You see, when the Supreme Court is considering a given case, they're, they're often relying on previous rulings and previous cases to make a legal determination. They're looking for precedent. The law isn't just written out of thin air, it's, it's built in perspective of the rulings that came before. The same was true in the synagogue in Jesus' day. Scribes were the experts in the Old Testament law, and the people regarded their scriptural interpretations as, as binding. The scribes taught by citing the opinions and the various rabbis on, on different matters and appealing not only to their own authority, in fact, not to their own authority, but to the authority of others. So, when a rabbi taught, he was building on the teachings of the rabbis who came before him. But when Jesus taught, he spoke with his own authority. In fact, at the end of the sermon, we read, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. The authority in Jesus' words filled the people with wonder. And here we are, 2,000 years later, and his words still continue to fill us with wonder. 
those who actually take the time to stop and reflect on the words of Jesus, well, we're still amazed. His teachings have endured for thousands of years, thousands of years of scrutiny. They've been translated into over 1,400 languages. They've crossed almost every cultural and ethnic barrier known to man. Why? Well, because the words of Jesus are filled with wonder. But it doesn't stop there. Jesus's actions also lead us to wonder. Almost anywhere you turn in the Gospels, you'll find Jesus doing something incredible, something unexpected. Jesus's friend Matthew describes one such time. It says, Jesus left there and went along to the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on the mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the cripple made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. The people were amazed. Can you imagine? Can you just even imagine what it must have been like to be there on that hill with Jesus, watching a man who, who had never walked stand up and just start skipping? Can you imagine the joy of a woman who, who has never seen open her eyes and take in the beauty of creation for the very first time? I mean, it's hard to even imagine, isn't it? Well, maybe this will help. I want you to see a video of some people as they hear for the very first time. Hi, Cooper. <gasps> Hi, Cooper. <laughs> Hi, Cooper. Okay, what do you think? How does Hi, baby. Sound together? He sounds good. <laughs> oh, tissues. Hi. Grayson, talk to him, Daddy. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. <laughs> Daddy. Yes, here. There you go. It's beeping. So now technically your device is on. Can you tell? Oh, that's exciting! That video gets me every time. There's something so beautiful, so powerful, so wonderful about seeing someone healed like that. Now imagine, just imagine being with Jesus and seeing this happen again and again and again. And again, Jesus came to make right all that has gone wrong in our world, a sort of undoing that only He can accomplish. Jesus still today brings physical healing, but we also see His power at work when He, when he brings healing to our hurts, to our relationships, to our disappointments, to, to our failures. The wonder of Jesus is that He can bring wholeness to the most painful to the most broken parts of our lives. He is wonderful. But perhaps the most wonderful thing about Jesus is the very thing we celebrate at Christmas time, his birth, the incarnation. At Christmas, we celebrate the wonder that God came to us himself. He is God with us. Theologian Alistair McGrath reminds us, God did not send a subordinate to redeem us. He chose to do it himself. 
Jesus' birth means that the creator of the universe, the one whom through all things were made, the one who is wonderful, loves us so much that he showed up in our doorstep. He came to be with us. It means that God isn't just just strong and mighty and good, but he is also empathetic. He understands. Why can you trust God with the stresses that you're carrying, with the relationships that are broken, with the fears that are deep within you? Well, because Jesus came and lived a fully human life, and he understands your fully human life too. Though few could have understood what was actually happening, those who encountered the child in the manger, they knew They knew they were witnessing something breathtaking and remarkable. The shepherds rushed to the major when they heard the news, and they were so overcome with joy that they spread the news about the child everywhere. And all who heard were amazed. Jesus is a wonder. And the wonder of Christmas has never, it was never meant to remain in the past. Jesus wants to break into your world as wonder today. And don't you long to experience him that way? When was the last time you truly experienced wonder? It's been a few years, but how many of you remember the total solar eclipse that happened all the way back in the summer of 2017? It was a really big deal and a rare occurrence where the eclipse was visible for the entire United States so that it became this big sort of shared cultural experience for those of us here in the U.S. Don't worry if you don't really remember it because it's going to happen again in 2024. And this time they say it could last twice as long as the 2017 eclipse. I remember the day very well. Uh, I was at home in Downers Grove And I had been so busy with work stuff that week that I had hardly was even aware that the eclipse was happening. But fortunately, my incredible wife was all over it, and she had gotten us these eclipse glasses from our neighbors in preparation and had all of us ready to go outside. If you're not familiar with these glasses, you just sort of put them on like this, and it allows you to to look directly at the eclipse and see it clearly and also protect your eyes. Honestly, I I wasn't very excited to see it, and I sort of reluctantly put on the glasses and walked outside in our front yard with my boys, and I looked up into the sky, and wow, wow, it was incredible. I, I didn't want to walk away. And as I watched the moon's shadow slowly cover the sun, I felt this growing sense of awe and wonder. It was amazing. Author Margaret Feinberg wrote about the wonder she and others felt from that same eclipse. She said the temperature plummeted where she was. Darkness descended. Jaws dropped. Yesterday we stood in holy awe of a heavenly display wrapped in celestial power and beauty. A black fireball compelled strangers to erupt in wild applause at the airport. And it wasn't just the eclipse, but what happened in the midst of the eclipse. Margaret said that at the airport, people began loaning their glasses to each other so that everyone could experience it. People had conversations. People shared snacks. Wonder drew people together and encouraged unity. It makes me want to ask, what if we could continue the awe and wonder of that eclipse every day?
The truth is, that kind of wonder really does happen every day. We just don't have our, our wonder glasses on. And so, what once captured our imagination simply becomes tradition. What once made our hearts burn within us now just feels like nostalgia. But it doesn't have to be that way. The words, the actions, and the incarnation of Jesus can still strike us with an ongoing sense of awe and wonder when we allow ourselves to be captivated by them once again. He is still speaking. Will you experience the wonder of his words this Christmas season? He is still doing miracles. Will you open yourself to the wonder of his actions this Christmas season? And he is always Emmanuel, God with us. Will you marvel at the wonder of his presence with you this Christmas season? Back in the heyday of the Michael Jordan era, you know, when the Bulls were actually a professional basketball team, remember that? Back in that day, everybody wanted to go to the Bulls game because there was a sense of anticipation that you were going to see something incredible. You expected gravity-defying dunks, unstoppable drives, and remarkable plays. Everyone watched with tremendous anticipation. I want to invite you to approach this Christmas season with that kind of anticipation and even more. Consider this as an invitation this Christmas to be wide-eyed with wonder because of the Savior who is born. Let this Christmas reawaken in you a childlike faith that expects something amazing to happen. In fact, the only challenge I want to extend to you today is this. Every day when you wake up, simply pray this. Jesus, I'm ready to see your wonder. Open your heart and your eyes to the God who is with you and still works miracles in our midst. Look for him in your workdays and weekends, in your meeting-filled Mondays, in your lazy Saturdays. Search for him in the snowy sunsets, in, in hearty laughter. Pray for and expect wonder. For when you search for God, you will discover him. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. The wonder of Jesus is all around us if we will only have eyes to see him. This Christmas, open your eyes to his presence. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. Our mission is to help you find your way back to God. And by listening today, you've already taken your first step. And we'd love to help you take a next step in your relationship with God, the church, and the world. It's how we're all embracing the flourishing life that Jesus talks about, a life we call U+. Visit communitychristian.org to take a next step, learn more, give generously, and plan your visit. We hope to see you on a Sunday soon.